Okay, so uh, tonight's topic is going to be, uh, it's something which is related to uh, what we are discussing uh, a little bit in the kolal in the, in the morning, um, but this is going to be a little bit more uh, but The kolal right now is doing Ebenezer stuff, uh, but uh, as, uh, as we've discussed, there's very often a crossover or an overlap is probably better between Ebenezer, between uh, marriage-related uh, halachas, and Chosha uh, Mishpat, because a lot of the marriage-related halachas uh, revolve around uh, monetary issues. So this is one of those, uh, those issues where there's a very clear uh, overlap. But the question that we'll pose will be in the Chosha uh, Mishpat uh, setting. So somebody, uh, Arnie travels a lot for, uh, for work, I know, um, so, uh, but it could, uh, it could uh, happen to anybody who's, who's, uh, who's working and traveling. So uh, the, let's say your employer gives you a certain amount of money in advance of this trip, or your employer gives you a certain amount of money uh, to pay for lunch every day and uh, gives you uh, $20, $25 for, for lunch every day. And you decide rather than going to, uh, to a fancier restaurant uh, in order to, uh, to get a fancier meal, you'll go ahead and you will, uh, you know, just pick up, uh, you know, a burger body, you know, uh, or, you know, a couple of pieces of pizza and some fries and a drink. And that way, rather than spending $25 on lunch, you'll spend uh, $10 on lunch. So now there's $15 left over, which you didn't spend. You had the right to spend that money. If you had spent that money, nobody would say boo, but you decided that you're only going to spend 10, get yourself some, uh, some chips and a drink or something. So do you, are you allowed to go ahead and keep that extra money or not? And you could have all sorts of variations of that. You could have that with uh, travel expenses. You have a similar type of thing. Let's say your employer was willing to, uh, to, uh, to buy you a first-class ticket and you decided to buy a, a regular coach seat and pocket the difference. Or you decided that rather than taking the nonstop flight, you'll take the cheaper stopover flight because you're not really in such a rush to get there. Anyways, whatever the scenario is, you're allotted a certain amount of money for travel or for food from your employer and you end up not spending it all, do you have the right to keep it or not? Okay. Yes, Mel, you have a question already? Uh, Yes, sort of. Isn't that dependent on what the custom is? Some places, automatically you keep it, and some places you have to return it. Uh, So it could be. Uh, We're we're going to assume that we are creating our own community somewhere. We're going to uh, make young Israel of Skokie East and we're going to uh, make a moshav somewhere in the Eretz Yisrael. So we're going to be establishing our own uh, our own customs as far as business is concerned. So we need to know what uh, you know what the parameters are going to be in the absence of any known practice. And I can tell you that uh, my business is not going to be as exciting as this, as uh, the practice isn't to give me a per diem, but I have to expense and have a receipt for whatever I get. So if I don't spend as much as I could, um, that's, they're happy. And that's the right. end of that. So we'll, we'll discuss that at the end. We'll discuss that uh, towards the end. Okay. So the first thing is, we begin with a, uh, a Gemara Nazir. So the Gemara Nazir, uh, if you remember, a Nazir at the end of his term of Nazirus, so the, or her, her term of Nazirus, but a Nazir has to bring many korbanos. So one of the things which the, uh, the Gemara discusses is uh, the exact status of a married woman's korban, the animal which she has designated for her korban. 
So the Gemara uh, gets distracted by that for a moment. It gets distracted from the uh, the relevant topic of her offering the korban, and it says, "This is in source number one here." It says, "He minala." So the Gemara wonders, "Wait, wait, wait!" The Gemara sort of like says, "Hold on a minute. Where did she get uh, an animal from? How does she own an animal?" Ha'amrat, we have a rule, and we're just going to read the rule. We're not going to explain it at all. But it says, Amra There's a halachic principle that what a woman acquires, property, possessions that a woman acquires, belongs to the husband. This is assuming that she's not working or anything like that. Uh, but in, if we were to, uh, uh, subs- if, if we subscribe to that rule, that that belongs to a woman, it really belongs to her husband, so then how could the whole discussion in the Gemara about what we're going to do with her korban, where does that ever arise? How could she ever own the animal where it's hers and not her husband's? So Amar of Papa, so Papa says, I'll tell you exactly how that's going to happen. And that is, shekamatsta me'isasa. So what we're talking about over here is, is that Chazal mandated that uh, a husband has to provide a uh, number of expenses for her for his wife on a weekly basis. These are minimum standards, minimum things which a husband has to provide. And one of them, we're just going to say for simplicity, he has to provide with a certain amount of food per week. And the Gemara says that in the event that she saves some of that dough, both both meanings of the word dough over here, but she saves some of that, uh, that dough, so then uh, she could go ahead and she can apply that Towards uh, the uh, the purchase of an animal, and she'll exchange the uh, you know the uh, the handful of dough this week and a handful of dough next week, and over the course of however much uh, however long it takes, she will end up having uh, being able to use her own funds for the purchase of an animal, and that's how it's going to be her korban. So that is Gemara number one. So Gemara number one seems to say that if a woman takes the food which she had the right to eat. And she, she saves it rather than eats it and then sells it. So that is considered to be hers and uh, that uh, it, it does not belong to the husband. Now, that's Gemara number one. Now, Gemara number two is a Gemara in Ksuvis. So here, it's actually in the, the context over here, there's a machlokis about it. But here, the opinion that we, that we Paskin like, so if Adabar Hava says, in what he's discussing over here is, the um, many of the um, the financial obligations or the financial agreements between husband and wife is going to be in exchange of services or goods or services, let's say. And there's a disagreement going on in the Gemara. What exactly are the his responsibility and her corresponding responsibility that they have towards one another in terms of their financial uh, agreement? So if Anabarava says Tiknu Mizonos Tachas Mosar. So uh, what we have is that uh, a woman was expected, if a woman is going to work, so she's expected to earn, I don't know, let's say $30,000 a year. And Mosar refers to the amount that she earns above and beyond the 30000 So in the event that the, uh, the, the husband provides his wife on a, on a weekly basis, he provides her with food, so in exchange for the food which she provides, regardless of how much she, how much she eats, or regardless of how much uh, she makes, so the husband gets all of the money above the 30000 Uma kesef, and then the next line is, the ma kesef is the amount that he would give uh, for her, uh, you know, her slush fund, 
or for her private expenses to uh, to pay for things which uh, which she would like to uh, purchase on her own. So that is going to be in exchange for the fact he provides her with that, let's say, weekly allowance or weekly uh, budget. In exchange for that, her meaning her salary, so it gets directly deposited into his account. Okay, now the main thing is that, this is this line, so being that, according to Adabarava, the husband is providing his wife with mizonos, he's providing her with food, so mosar didehavi. So in the event that there's extra food, that belongs to him. Because he, he gives her food in order for her to be able to eat it. If she doesn't eat it, so then it's his. It's not as if he's giving, he's gifting it to her and it belongs to, uh, it belongs to her. He is, he is providing it for her if she wants it. And in the event that she doesn't eat it, so that all the leftovers belong to him. Now, these two Gemaras, source one and source two, seem to be in direct contradiction with one another. Source one indicated that shekamatzta isasa that if she goes ahead and saves some dough that she could have eaten, and she could go ahead and combine that together towards the purchase of an animal, which will be her animal, not his animal. It's her money to keep. She gets to keep the change. Whereas in source number two, we say that since he's, the husband is providing her with mizonos, in the event that there's any extra, that extra belongs to him. So who gets this? Who gets as the, the the title at the uh, the top over there? Who gets the spare change or who gets the spare dough? Does it belong to him or does it belong to her? And we have a direct contradiction between two gemaras, one in nazir and one in ksus. So, excellent question you guys are all asking. Turns out that Tosos asked the same question. Tosos, among some of the other rishonim, but Tosos asked this exact same uh, this exact same shaila, and he says now he's he the appearance of this Tosos is in the Gemara Nazir, which is the source which says that she gets to keep it for herself. So Tosos asks, says, So Tosos says, I don't understand how in the Gemara here in Nazir could say that she gets to keep the extra, when the Gemara Ksuvah says very clearly, he gets to keep the extra. So how are we going to reconcile these two Gemaras? So in Tosos' second answer, he says, I'm not sure who the Ram is over here. Rabbeinu Meir probably of some sort, but he says, Rabbeinu Meir says, When do we say that the husband gets the leftovers, they belong to him? That's going to be specifically, So he went ahead and he, there's a, 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 an allotment of money. $20 a week, that's going to be enough to buy all the food that you need. So that's what they that's what they said. They said the annual budget is twenty dollars a week, and what happened was over the course of the year is vuhuzlu hamazonos, and now food got cheap. Food now costs a fraction of what originally did. So originally, so it used to take twenty dollars in order to provide her with all the food that she needs. Now, because of the the price drop in food, now it only costs fifteen dollars. She's eating the same amount of food, but it only costs fifteen dollars. She has for the, the amount of food which she is uh, going to be receiving. So she's still full. And, but it turns out that there's extra. There's $5 extra because the, the cost of food has, has gone down. 
So if originally she was allowed $20 a week for, for food, and now it turns out that it only costs $15 a week per, uh, for the same amount of food. So also Mosar, that extra labal, that belongs to the husband, because there's no reason for her to get there. The main thing is to provide her with the food that she needs on a weekly basis. It wasn't an allotment of money, it's an allotment of food. So if you can get the food for cheap, so that extra money, that savings, belongs to the husband. Aval. So that's what the Gemara and Ksuvis is talking about. Aval As the Gemara implies, here in Nazar, we're talking about where she was given the uh, correct allotment of food, and she decided she's not going to eat it all. She's only going to eat half of the food which she, was, uh, which she has the right to. Meaning, we're not talking about where she went ahead, that the cost of food became cheaper. Elakimza upichta. But rather, what happened is, is kimza is that she was a kamsan, she became stingy. Upichta mipia, and she withheld from her mouth And over the course of the week, she never got full. Had she eaten all the food that was bought for her, that was purchased for her, she'd be full every night. She'd go to sleep with a full tummy. But being that, she's only uh, eating a fraction of that. She's only eating a small percentage of that. So she's now hungry all the time. But in the meantime, now there's leftover food. And with, to that, that's what the Gemara Nazar says, that who Moser vadai dida. So if she goes ahead and skips a meal and decides that she's going to use that food and uh, 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 accumulate it, so she could go ahead and have extra money, that money's hers. So this is the distinction which Tosos is making, that in the event that there's extra because the cost of food went down, that belongs to the husband. In the event that we're talking about where the, uh, the reason why there's extra is because she's skipping meals or she's eating less then she has the right to uh, to eat. So then she goes out, and since she generated that extra through her efforts, that extra belongs to her. Okay? Well, so that's how Tosos goes out and resolves these, uh, these, uh, these two Gemaras. And now let's see how we, uh, this uh, shows up in Shulchan Aruch. So interestingly, Shulchan Aruch himself doesn't mention anything about it. Shulchan Aruch doesn't talk about this halacha. But the Ramah and Evan Ezra, that's what we're holding in the, in the call in the morning, the Ramah says, Tzimtzuma, in the event that the woman is mitzamtzen, like Tzimtzum, like uh, the Kabbalah term Tzimtzum. So she goes in, she contracts, she takes less than she really has, the, the, than, uh, than she uh, is able to eat. Vosirum, Elohim And it turns out that there's now extra food. Who shall bow? It belongs to the husband. So now, at that point, your head should be spinning. That should be spinning because we've had a contradiction between two Gemaras, Gemara and Nazir and a Gemara and Suvis. What happens in the event that a woman is able to generate some funds out of her food? And we, we reconcile the contradiction by saying it depends on whether the cost of food went down or whether or not she skipped some meals and that's why she has extra. Comes along the Ramah in the name of the tour. And he says that sounds like he's talking about where she skipped some meals. So if she's skipping some meals and that's how she generated extra, that should really belong to her. And yet the, the Ramah says that, that that extra is going to belong to the husband. So it seems like the tour is ignoring Tosos. 
He's ignoring the resolution. He's not even addressing, he's, he's ignoring Tosos's resolution. And if you're going to ignore Tosos's resolution, so then we have to wonder how exactly are we, uh, are we going to reconcile the contradiction? It's fine if you want to reject Tosos's resolution. But if you're going to reject Tosos's resolution, you have to come up with your own resolution. So how is the, the Ramah and how are the tour? how are they going to resolve the contradiction between source one and two, the Gemara in Nazir and the Gemara in Ksuvis, whether or not extra food belongs to the husband or whether the extra food is going to belong to the, uh, to the wife. So for this, we have to look at a, a couple of Rashi's. So Rashi in Ksuvis, this is uh, uh, elsewhere in, the, in Ksuvis, the different uh, daf, but Rashi is talking about where there's extra food, so what does that mean when the, if the woman is able to generate extra food? Kigon, for example, Rashi says, Isha Let's say, so the Mishnah had um, uh, allotted a certain quantity of different foods, certain amount of bread per week, a certain amount of wine per week, a certain amount of oil per week. Uh, they went ahead and made like a, like a, um, a, a nutrition pyramid or something like that. And according to the nutrition pyramid, so this is going to be the healthy amount that she's going to eat over the course of the week. This many carbohydrates and this many vegetables and this much fruit and this much sugar and all of those, uh, all of those good things. So obviously a nutrition pyramid is going to be based on averages. It doesn't take individuals into account. This is what the average person, this would be a good, uh, good eating habits for an average person. But let's say we're talking about a woman who uh, the average amount is more than she eats. She has a very small appetite. She's always had a very small appetite. So it turns out that at the end of the week, she always, always has extra because she doesn't eat that much. So this says the She'ena uh, Rav Tanis, the term that uh, the Rashi uses over here, is she doesn't have a, a, a big appetite. She's not, it doesn't have a ravenous uh, appetite if we were to make a pun off of that Rav Tanis. But she doesn't have this ravenous appetite, so she's able to, it's not as if she's walking away hungry. She just doesn't have a big appetite. She eats very, she eats very little, she eats very small portions. So that is the case that Rashi talks about where you could have extra. But on the other hand, Rashi in Nazir, which may or may not actually be Rashi, but let's just assume for argument's sake that it is Rashi, when Rashi talks about on our Gemara Nazar, back on source one, where we said that she's saving some dough, meaning, uh, uh, sorry, that what we're talking about is that it's not as if she finishes the meal and she's full and there's leftovers because she has a small appetite. We're talking about she finishes the meal and she's still not, she, she eats as much as she wants but she leaves herself a little bit hungry. She doesn't eat until she's full. So it really, she could eat more. There's plenty of room to eat more, but she decides that she doesn't want to because she wants to save the food. So that's, the, that's what the Gemara, that's what Rashi explains in Nazar over there, Shekim Tzasa Misasa, is not that she ate as much as she could and there's extra because she has a smaller appetite than the average person. She has an average appetite, but she just decided that she's not going to eat everything. And as a result of eating less than really she could, so that's how she goes ahead and she's going to generate the funds to be able to buy the animal for her korban. 
So it turns out now, if we take all of this, we take a step back, really there's three different cases that we're discussing, three different scenarios that we're discussing. One is where they, uh, uh, there was a certain amount of, uh, of money which was allotted to purchase her food. And if it turns out that the cost of food, the cost of living drops, so that food is cheaper. So that extra money used to cost $20 a week, now costs $15 a week. That extra money, that belongs to the husband. It's money he saved. He didn't, he, he's buying her the same amount of food. It's just he's saving money because he found a coupon. Or he's saving money because he's getting it at Sam's Club rather than getting it at, at Mariano's or something like that. So that savings is his. That's, a, that's his savings. That's not hers. Case number two is, in the event that there's the, uh, the regular... Kiwi Kids package shows up, the regular package of food uh, shows up, and it turns out that due to the fact that she has a small appetite rather than an average appetite, she eats less than the normal person, and now there's going to be extra food. And then case number three is she actually chooses to eat less than her appetite. She has enough food where she could go ahead and eat and be full. She could reach but she decides that she's going to and therefore there's going to be a smaller bracha. So that's case number three where she's actually skipping meals or something or she's skipping the side dishes in order to be able to have extra so she could feed to others. So those are three different scenarios. So now how does this, uh, uh, this uh, break itself down? So here we have, in source seven, we have uh, the Machzis HaShekel. Machzis HaShekel, uh, for those who are unfam- uh, unfamiliar, is a, I think they call it like a super commentary to the Magen Avram. So on Shulchan Orachayim, uh, so you have one of the primary commentators on an uh, Orachayim, and a regular page of Shulchan Aruch is the Magen Avram. The Magen Avram writes in a somewhat terse manner, so in order to uh, better explain what the Magen Avram uh, means to say, so there is, on most pages of the, of the current printings of Shulchan Aruch, you have the Machzis HaShakel. So his job, his task is to comment on the Magen Avram. So he explains as follows. So he says, and this has to do with making an Eruv and you know, uh, donating food towards the Eruv. The exact context is not so important. But he says, Sfir the Magen Avram. So Magen Avram holds, so he says, in the event that she skimps, and as a result of that, there's extra, that extra now belongs to the husband. Because the only thing that the, the, the rights of a woman, as far as the, the husband's responsibility, is to provide her with enough food or enough money to buy that minimum amount of food for her, uh, for her sustenance. V'shiru chazal, and like we said, v'shiru chazal l'fistam nashin, shir mashatach lita l'mashayaspik. And chazal went ahead, the amounts which they gave are based on the average. This is what an average person is going to eat over the course of the week, and he has to go ahead and uh, uh, absent any other provisions or anything, he has to go ahead and provide that average amount. Like Shulchan Aruch and Evan Ezra explains. Now, so in, if it turns out that there's leftovers, 
So if it turns out that she didn't need all of that, this is like the case where she has a smaller appetite than the average person. So if she had, uh, if she was able to make do with less, or she was full with less, uh, so the extra is going to belong to the husband there also, because there's no reason, it's not as if he has an obligation to give this amount of food specifically, it's just based on the assumption that that amount of food is an average amount that people eat, but if it turns out she has a smaller appetite than most people, so why, why should he have to provide her with food, which she's consistently not going to eat because she doesn't have such an appetite? So in that case, that also is going to belong to the husband. But the Magen of Ram is talking about, and this has to do with this Eruv case, is that the food package for the day is dropped off. So this is the amount that she's going to eat for the day. And she decides, you know what, I want to join the Eruv. So she takes a little bit of this side dish and a little bit of that side dish and a couple of pieces of, of the deli meat which she was given that day. And she goes ahead and she gives it to others in order to join the Eruv. So she literally took the food off of her plate in order to be able to give it to others. So in that scenario, So the husband has no right to say, hey, if you're not going to eat that food, that's my food. Why? Why can't he say, in the case that that she has a small appetite, he does have the right to take back the food. But in the case where she takes the food off of her plate, which she otherwise was going to eat, then he has no right to go ahead and say, you can't give that away, that's mine. Why not? Because her response makes great sense. Dio Maris, she's going to say, Listen, I'm choosing to go ahead and take literally food off of my plate and give it to others. Vim Timcha, if you're going to make a big stink about this and you're going to say, hey, that's not your food, that's my food, you know what? Then I'll just eat it myself. I have the right to eat it myself. If I eat it myself, you have no, you can't complain. So what difference does it make? Uma lecha bekach. What difference does it make to you whether I eat it myself or I give it to somebody else? Either way, if I have the right to eat it and I could eat it because I have the appetite to eat it and I'm just choosing not to, that's absolutely none of your business. Get your, get your nose out of my food or get your, uh, you know, get your hands out of my food and I'm going to decide to do with my food as I please. And if I decide to give literally the food off of my plate to others, that's my discretion, that's not yours. And if I decide to save that food and generate, uh, you know, money, additional money towards that, towards that end, so I have the right to do that as well. So the Machzis HaShakel is saying that what's going on over here is, is that when she goes out, as we said, if she skimps on her meals, it's not that the cost of food is cheaper. It's not as if she has a smaller appetite than most other people. Uh, but she goes ahead and she takes literally the food off of her plate in order to generate uh, in order to generate funds that she has the right to do, and the husband cannot protest against it because she has the right to say, "Listen, if you're going to protest against it, I'll just eat it myself." So since I have the right to eat it myself, and you have no complaint about that, it's none of your business if I decide to share with somebody else, I give it to somebody else, any of those things. Okay, good so far. Okay, give up. So with those parameters in place, so now there's a sefer called Mishpatei Achoshen. So Mishpatei Achoshen, so this is a sefer on Achoshen uh, Mishpat, a very uh, thorough uh, sefer on the specific halachas of Schiras Paulim, of uh, the responsibility of employees to employers, as well as employers to employees. 
So here, towards the beginning of Sechiras Parlim, so he addresses this issue. Now he takes it out of Eben Ezer, and he now shifts it over to our Shaila as far as an employee, whether or not an employee has the right to keep some of those, uh, the money which was assigned to him for travel or for food expenses, do you get to keep it or not? So he's got uh, a few different uh, scenarios, and it's worthwhile to, uh, to see how uh, all this breaks down. So after all the analysis of the sources which we've seen, so he says, So he says, let's swing it back around to our question over here. If you have an employee who saves money on his expenses, whether it's his food expenses, his allotment for, uh, for meals, or whether it's his travel expenses, it doesn't really make a difference. So if the savings are the result of the fact that he is skimping and he's being stingy as far as what he has the rights to, meaning he is limiting from the normal level of food and the normal level of travel that would be considered average and acceptable for a person to do. For example, let's say he decides, you know what? Walking a mile isn't such a big deal. My employer gave me money to take an Uber. Or let's say you went for an interview or something. And, uh, you know, on your way back. So they, uh, they said, here, here's uh, $15 to cover your Uber, ride, uh, your Uber ride home. And you say, you know what? It's the first nice day in a few weeks. I'm going to walk home. I'm not, I don't have anything on my schedule this afternoon, so I'm going to walk home. So rather than taking the Uber for $15, you decide to walk home. Oh, or let's say you were given some money to stay in a five-star hotel. So you could have stayed somewhere where there's, it's fancy. And instead, you decide to stay in a youth hostel. You could have stayed in Trump Tower. And rather than in Trump Tower, you're going to stay in some youth hostel, you know, a hole in the wall, who knows where, the, where that is. Obviously, it's going, to be, it's going to be much cheaper. So in such a case where you have the right to, for the transportation and you decide to walk, or you could have stayed at a fancier hotel and nobody would have said boo about it. It, would have, uh, it, it, you, you, it was budgeted for that and you were given money for that purpose and you decided to stay at a cheaper place because you're only going to be sleeping anyways and you don't need to look at fancy stuff while you're sleeping. So, so what emerges from the poskim is that you have the right to keep that extra money for yourself. The ain and your employer has no right to that money whatsoever. So once again, we have to be clear that since you had the right to go ahead and spend that money, you have the right now, let's just say you had the money already and you had the right to spend that money, it was allotted for that purpose already. And had you spent that money, nobody would have said boo about it. And you decided to eat less, to have less fancy accommodations or to get a cheaper ride rather than a more expensive ride. But it's all at your own expense. It's all, uh, you know, in, in the sacrifice of your own pleasure, luxury, comfort, and all of that. So that you have the right to go ahead and to save that money and keep it for yourself. Then he says further, Mira, based on what we said, it would appear further. Even if it turns out that you were not being stingy at all, you're not saving on things. 
but rather, rock Let's say you had the right to spend money and you decided that you are going to uh, minimize your expenses. Kagon, for example, transportation, I had to look it up, so I'm going to translate it for you as well. <laughs> you had to uh, find transportation. Zola, a cheaper transportation. That you went ahead and you found transportation, a cheaper tra- form of transportation uh, with somebody who will take you close to your place. So let's say you decide uh, I-, I could either take an Uber home or once again, I'm not in a big rush. I could go ahead and I could take the 290 bus. I don't know if uh, those who see that on, on Dempster over there, the 290, which goes from the airport to Kiss and Ride. So I could go ahead and I could take a bus from the airport all the way to Dempster and East Prairie. So if I'm not in a rush, the difference between the cost of an Uber and Kiss and Ride uh, uh, in terms of financials, so that's going to be a major savings of money, percentage-wise. It'll, t- it'll take me a lot of time, perhaps, but it'll, it'll save me, a, it'll save me a, a, a lot of money. So if I decide that I'm not in a big rush, I'm going to go ahead and do so. So why not? She'im bekavanaso, sorry, she'im bekavanaso bechaschon laharviach laatzmo, if my intention by taking the kiss and ride rather than the Uber is to save myself that money, to be able to pocket that money myself, and if, if I was not going to be able to keep that money in my own pocket, I might as well spend it on the Uber and get home faster and more comfortably. And I would have gone ahead and spend the money which was allotted to me anyways. Once again, I could go ahead and I could keep that money for myself. Because why not? I did it at my own expense. Nobody would have said boo had I gone ahead and taken the Uber home. That's what they were all expecting me to do anyways. So if I decide that I'd rather have the $30, $40 in my pocket during an expensive time, and I'll just take the bus home because I'm not in a big rush. So why shouldn't I be able to keep that to myself? If you don't want me to keep it for myself, I'll spend it on an Uber. What, 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 who benefits from that? Just the Uber driver. The now here he says an interesting thing, getting back to uh, getting closer to what you mentioned, Arnie, at the beginning. Then he says, it's possible. Even if you were not given the money ahead of time, until now we all talked about where you had the cash in hand when you were sent on your uh, on the trip. Now he says that it's possible that even if you did not receive money ahead of time before the trip started, but afterwards. You go ahead. They pay you afterwards for the uh, your uh, your your expenses. Gamkein Rashai Lito Kafia They say, okay. Uh, uh, Do you get a ride home? So you say, yeah, I got a ride home. They say, okay, for your ride home, it'll cost you. We give you forty dollars. They didn't ask you whether it was an Uber or whether it was a kiss and ride, uh, you know, uh, bus. They just said, did you get a ride home? So if you say yes, so you actually did get a ride home. And you'll be able to take what will be a reasonable amount for that. They say, did you, did you, eat, did you eat meals while you were on the, uh, the business trip? Yes, I ate meals. Does it, is, so they say, okay, if you ate four meals while you were traveling, we're, gonna, we're going to um, give you $50 a meal. So they give you $200. Meanwhile, you went ahead and you had uh, pizza and fries for four meals. So if you had pizza and fries for four meals, where you could have spent the $50 per meal. So even if they didn't give you the money ahead of time, why shouldn't you be able to take that money? Because you, you had the pizza and fries 
rather than the more expensive meal because you wanted to save that money. So if that was your intent all along and that was your, your purpose, so there he says you're allowed to do so. Now he says an important qualification. We're gonna have the, the next two paragraphs are important qualifications. The second, the second one from where we are now, Arnie, that's going to get more specific to, uh, to what you mentioned. But he says, When do we say that you as the employee get to pocket that extra money, get to pocket that spare change? Only in the event that um, you made an effort to go ahead and save that money. So like we said, there's a, there's a fancy restaurant across the street, which you could have gone to, and you decide to go to the cheap milk place uh, uh, across the street and just go ahead and get yourself some pizza and fries. Or you could have gone ahead and uh, gotten an Uber, and you decided that you're going to go ahead and you're going to take the bus home instead. You're going to take public transportation instead. Amnam. Let's say it turns out that due to no effort of your own, you ended up saving some money. What does that mean? Through no effort of your own, you save some money. You were going to go ahead and get a regular ride. And as you're standing there waiting for the 290 to come and pick you up. So a friend was leaving the parking lot at the same time, sees you standing there and says, oh, Mel, you're going to Skokie, obviously. I'll take you home. I'm, I'm in the car anyways. Why wait for the, Why wait another 20 minutes for, uh, for the bus? I'll just go ahead and I'll take you straight home. So as a result of Mel be, having the good fortune that Ralph drove by, seeing Mel there and said, hey, I'll be more than happy to go ahead and give you a ride. This is all pre-corona, of course. But I'll be happy to go ahead and I'll give you a, uh, a, a ride. And it's because of that good fortune that Mel saved the money because he happened to get a ride, but he, he didn't do it intentionally to save money. He did it just because somebody happened to be there. So then that's not considered to be as if Mel made an effort to save money. He wasn't being stingy, and that's why he didn't spend that money. But rather, the way we look at this scenario is rock shebatel what happens is, is in this scenario, there was no longer a need for that expense. And if it turns out that we didn't save money on the expense by taking a bus rather than an Uber, but rather it turned out that there was no need for that expense because you got a free ride anyways, because uh, Ralph happened to drive by at that exact moment. So then that already is a different story. Then it may very well be that you're not going to be able to collect that money from the balabais because it wasn't through your efforts to save money that you got that ride. You just got lucky that somebody that you know was driving by at that time. And therefore, since it was a, it was a matter of quote unquote luck, rather than through your own conscious efforts to save that money. So if it turns out that there's no expense which is involved, so then it, it's likely that you would not be able to, uh, uh, to keep that money for yourself. Now, the last thing is, we'll try and do it uh, quickly, Bob and Charlene. He says, This is Arnie's case. Let's say you get reimbursed for your expenses by filling out an expense sheet. In other words, they have to fill out exactly how much you spent. Uh, that uh, he has to go ahead and record all of his expenses. Also, I had to look up reporting. 
And when he fills out that expense uh, report, so that's how he's going to go ahead and get reimbursed. So if you actually have to fill out an expense report in order to get reimbursed, then if you took the bus rather than an Uber, you can't lie and say, I took an Uber when you really didn't. The kol and all the more so in the event that you actually have to produce receipts to say that you actually had that expense. So in this case, even if it turns out that the employee went ahead and was cheap and got the cheap hotel room and the cheap ride and the cheap meals and the cheap everything else, but to go ahead and lie on the expense report and say that you spent $50 a meal when you only spent $450 on a meal, or to go ahead and whatever the uh, whatever line you're going to do, whatever falsification of the expense report to get reimbursed, so that you're not allowed to do. And he says, If you go ahead and you lie on your expense report, even though in a different scenario, had you... Uh, had you uh, uh, kept the money, let's say, you would be allowed to go ahead and keep it. But in the event that the uh, the policy of the uh, of your employer is you have to fill out a, uh, an expense report, and certainly if there's a necessity for receipts, even if you could go ahead and you can manufacture false receipts on your own, and you're thinking it's the same thing, I'm saving money by taking the bus rather than the Uber, or I'm saving money by having pizza rather than a fancy meal. In such cases, we say that you have no right to go ahead and do so. And that would be sheker. And anytime you go ahead and you get money via sheker, so uh, 99 times out of 100, I'm afraid to commit 100%, but 99 times out of 100, so that is going to involve gazel, and therefore such a thing is going to be, uh, would be aser. So that's how these, uh, these halachas are going to break down as far as employees trying to, uh, to save some money, uh, skimping on expenses in order to be able to pocket the, uh, the, uh, the extras. Okay. So thank is... you. Thank you. Just a minute over. Thank you. Thank you. I think thank the you. IRS is a little in tune with this because I think on a per diem, I think that's considered taxable income. What do you mean? Say again. I think if you get paid for expense for travel expenses, if you get paid a per diem, I think the IRS considers that taxable income versus reimbursement for you know, just a reimbursement, which is which is not. Which one is taxable? Which one not? Anything over your receipt is considered taxable income. Uh-huh. So the IRS is in tune with what what this is saying. Also. Uh-huh. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Very good. Okay. Have a good Shabbos. All right. So all the best. Have a good Shabbos, everybody.